0: Hello Leon, thanks again for for coming to join us on the on the podcast.
1: Thanks, Derek. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I, I appreciate it.
0: Okay. So so why did we phone or why did we contact you, Leon? And, and it's like I said in our messages, we've got this podcast and and we speak to a lot of different people and we get around to a lot of different places. And and everybody is saying Africa, Africa, Africa. So I found you, you run a company called Why Africa mm-hmm. and I've had a look and it's, it, it looks quite interesting. So I think introduce yourself, tell us who you are and who Why Africa is and where did it come from?
1: Okay. I, um, I worked in different parts of Africa for oh, almost now, probably more than 20 years, 22 years in different sectors. I started off in the tourism sector when I was very young and worked in Botswana and Zambia, Zimbabwe, up into Mozambique. Uh, And then thereafter, I became a, a journalist actually, and I specialized in the mining sector. So I was a mining journalist for more than 13 years, also venturing into Africa. So covering new projects, exploration projects in the DRC in Nigeria, and, um, yeah, and, and also different other sectors as well, um, sustainability, for instance, um, infrastructure, and all these uh, sort of different sectors. Uh, and the, the question that's always, that I always got asked is if I tell people about what I'm doing and where I'm going is why Africa? Um, and I thought it was quite a, a good name because it can play on a name, it can go both ways. If things go bad in Africa, you can ask mm-hmm. why, why the hell would you wanna invest in Africa? Or you can you can sort of tell people, well, why Africa, it's good in Africa, you should actually go and invest there. And this is what I found throughout my, my years in Africa is that it that it's different to what people really perceive and what the, the media in the world actually make Africa out to be. And that this is where why Africa came from. Um, I started, <laughs> initially we i I was also looking at a media company and publications so i publish i still do magazine but my main my main product at the moment or what i do um is the the road trip so i have sponsors uh that provide me with vehicles and and money of course to do it and then i go traveling into different parts of africa to to promote Africa, not only Africa but also the projects um, in Africa in different sectors, including agriculture, is quite a big focus. Mining, energy, infrastructure, uh, water management, um, and then yes, and and trying to trying to convince investors, uh, who's probably my major followers uh, from from Canada, London, America to come and invest in certain projects in Africa.
0: Okay, so if, if, if I understand correctly, you, you you do these trips and then you go and find projects that could be interesting and you pitch these to the investors?
1: Um, sort of. I do that through my social media platforms and through my magazines. Uh, I wouldn't go and do a roadshow to pitch a specific project for at an investment like an investment roadshow, investment roadshow, but I do it indirectly through, through my um, my publications and my online presence. Um, on LinkedIn, I'm I've got quite a, a lot of followers, and then the others are, I do short videos. But and, and and I've got a YouTube channel, but that is not my major focus. So I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, sort of what I assume what you guys do is is do corporate videos for companies or or, or stuff like that. That's not the space that I play in. So. I try and expose or yeah, I'll give those companies exposure, but at the same time trying to connect them with suppliers and, and service providers um, that wants to expand their footprint into Africa. And then in that sort of way, I can also link up with companies. I've, um, it's evolving to become more of a, a, a consultancy sort of company where I want to help companies doing business in Africa to expand in those sort of in, in those regions where people are very unsure about. Um, so, for instance, this year I went to the Moxico province in Angola, which has not been, it's, you know, not many people know about it, but there are opportunities. So, try and go and look at the on ground conditions, how to operate, uh, you know, what sort of, what to expect when you go there and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, what,
2: Everything you've been saying now adds up to what I what I mentioned earlier. Is when I went to Google, why Africa, and I put that into the Google search bar. The first thing, yeah. the first prompt that came up is why is Africa poor, and mm. that talks about a narrative and a specific um, point of departure, which has been the narrative in the media about Africa for a very long time. And for mm. yourself as a journalist who's worked. Um, you've actually been on the ground and you go on the ground to see what's happening, um, I would imagine that you are able to, because of your first-hand knowledge and you are not, you're not, um, let's put it this way, if you, if you stand back and you don't know, you often follow the the, the the existing and prevailing prejudice. But if you are have been on the ground and you've been able to come back and tell things firsthand, I'm sure that in a lot of cases you are debunking the um, um, that reigning narrative that particularly the West has about Africa and opportunities in Africa?
1: Yeah, for sure. I I think so. I I think if you... For me, it's always the way you you define or or who defines the poverty of Africa. And if you look at economic indicators, for instance, and uh, um, yeah, it's it's, sure it looks... It doesn't look great. I mean, the GDP is not great. uh, That's undeveloped. But there's always been wherever you go there's a there's a economy in africa people are doing things you know which is not normally i mean if you go to the moxico province of angola where there's rivers there's a big river economy for instance you if you if you speak to guys who's worked on the ground in africa they will tell you that most of the stuff move across borders and move across rivers um, and nobody knows about it there's no economic economist in those countries who actually know what's going on so internally and between different African countries, there's always some, there's almost some trade going on. Um, nobody keeps a record of any of the products that move in and out. Um, so in that, I mean, economically wise, there's always activity in Africa. And and I'm not saying Africa, look, uh, there's places in Africa that is really poor that people do struggle. I mean, there's, they, they cut off from, they cut off from, in terms of infrastructure from major ports or or so. And, and if they don't have, uh, what is happening? What has happened recently with drought, with you know extended droughts and 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 very extreme weather events? These um, these communities struggle to actually plant stuff because that's what they what that that they rely on and trade with and and also for self sufficient um, agriculture and stuff like that. So yeah, it, I'm not I'm not refuting the fact that Africa is poor, but I do think it's not a, a it's not as bad as what is often portrayed in 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 the in, in the media in the mainstream media
2: yeah that's kind that's kind of where i thought you would go with that because um you know we live in south africa and even we don't really know what's going on in the rest of africa mm. so t- tell us a little bit about what really inspired you to put up to start why africa and and how how has what your first your first um Motivation to do that. How's that played out with what's with how it's developed?
1: I think I just always thought when doing these when doing these trips and traveling in Africa that there's so many opportunities for For people to get involved in African. There's so many entrepreneurs in Africa. They just don't have the exposure. They nobody talks about their, What's going on? Um, and I'm not talking I mean BBC These sort of companies do um, actually focus on africa but they don't do very remote parts of africa um so so there's a and especially these days with esg investments um with in, the environmental interest with um offset for big companies who, who wants to invest in for instance conservation um or or community farming projects there's uh, there's really big opportunities for these guys and and, and i just thought that that you know, there's, they need exposure and these guys need to be linked with each other. So um, so that's what, what drove me. I do think that there's, I still think there's a lot of opportunity in Africa and, and it, it, these people don't often speak to each other because nobody knows about it. So if you go to the Moxico province, for instance, in, Mo, in Angola, where since the end of the civil war um, infrastructure has been destroyed and it's really hard to get in there, to get out. But there's, there's, for instance, big agricultural projects that's been driven by local guys. But all they need really to, to become to flourish is f- funders or people who would see what they're doing or know what they're doing and, and take it from there. So, so that's probably I would say what what I thought would drive me in terms of what of how it's doing at least There's I'm, I'm, I've been. There's interest uh, these days. There's a lot of people who does ask me about, um, and especially South African people. And and that wasn't originally my my main aim. Wasn't to to actually focus on South African guys. I wanted to do it as an African focused. Say, for instance, a Ghanaian geologist who wants to do work in Mozambique or whatever, trying to trying to link and inform those sort of people. But uh, there's a lot of South Africans who's interested in in looking north uh, of the Limpopo, and with South Africa, and, and I think I've written an article about it, with South Africa, we do feel in South Africa, there's the, the options are a little bit limited. We are struggling. And I always say, well, you know, we've got a, a whole continent north of us, which is, which is full of opportunity. You know, you don't have to be stuck in South Africa complaining about stuff in South Africa if you have Countries is going to welcome you um, up north, you know, um, and they do. South Zambia, for instance, is very uh, welcoming to people who wants to to um, contribute to the economy.
0: So, so I think what a lot of South Africans don't read what the perception that a lot of South Africans have is that Africa is a dangerous place. It's because we live in South Africa, which <laughs> which is, to be honest, is dangerous. Um, <laughs> Tell us about
1: that. What is the say? Is Africa dangerous? Is it safe? Is it. Well, I'm sitting here and we're sitting here and we live in the most almost. I don't know what Choburg and Cape Town is on the list of the most dangerous cities in the world. I mean, what you know, we we are living in one of the most dangerous countries, not only in Africa, in the world. I mean, Africa is in when I feel. I feel 100% more safe in places in Africa than in South Africa. To be honest, I um, in Malawi you, you never there, there's not there's not a lot of crime there's not a lot of murders um, uh, in for instance Malawi is one Zambia is another one. Um, I'll, I'll, we came back from Angola we slept next to the road in Angola. Um, Botswana as the, um, people know Botswana I, I think a lot of South Africans know Botswana it's Very, it's safe. It's there's no, there is crime. There's petty crime, but I don't think it's as violent as in South Africa. Nigeria is a different ball game. The DRC obviously has got its elements of danger, Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think today, no matter where you go in the world, there's going to be this this element of danger.
0: Yes, well, uh, well, that's true. But I I visited Zimbabwe last year for the first time, and it was like. Before I went, it was like, oh shit, what, what? what? I, I don't, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And when I when I got there, it was it was definitely not what I expected. The people were friendly. The we yeah. we never locked the 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 lodge where we stayed, we never locked the doors. The the farmer said that he's he, he leaves his doors open. Uh, he yeah. says he leaves his bar do- door open specifically because hopefully by the time they get through the house, they've had a couple of toots and then they don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's okay. that's a that's a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that's true, Devil. I mean, that is that is exactly what I'm saying. I mean, I've always since I can remember that I've gone into Africa. People say, "Oh, but you know, uh, you what are you doing? Are you crazy? Is it safe?" And, and I go, I travel alone sometimes. I, I I would travel through places alone. My wife, my wife is actually she's traveled. Africa more than what I did. She's traveled with public transport from Ghana to Timbuktu in Mali, for instance, and stuff like that. And, and I mean, the things people don't realize that you can actually do this. They, they do perceive Africa as a dangerous place.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I have a question, and that is, um, how long have you been doing Why Africa? How long has it been running for?
1: i think i started why africa if i can remember just uh before well just when COVID hit. so when was that 90 of 2020 2020
2: 2020
1: 2020. so yeah it's very it's very it's still you know very young i don't know where it's going to take me because i started uh, because i was in media and i was a journalist and you know as we all know with COVID, um we we the, the journalists and the media industry struggled so Indeed. um and i always had this i actually did think about it for a very long time and i did mold it and i and i and i um sort of tried to build a business model for a very long time and COVID was just the um trigger for me to to say okay that's it i'm gonna do it and yeah so
2: well yeah. it's always good if- it's good when someone has an impulse to do something and a wish and an urge to do it and then you do it and you build it and i mean looking at you at the number of followers you have it looks like definitely you're getting the attention as to as to whether you are getting the the financial throughput that you would like we hope that that is building and going well for you but um i have a question and that is you've traveled africa quite considerably and we all know as we discussed now that the perception of africa out there versus the reality on the ground is sometimes Quite different. Um, is there any way particular that that really surprised you that you went to that what the, the vision of it out out there and what you actually saw on the ground was very different? Is there any anywhere in particular you could um, you could yeah. think? Of? Um,
1: yeah, I, I think okay. Not probably not a, a vision that I did expect. I would tell you st- stuff. I would say that. Because I, in some of these places I've been, say ten years ago, and there's always I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna venture off a little bit from you. Guess it's Alfred. not You're directly inside. answering it, but just something that came that that I often speak about that that I thought about is places that I know that I've been to ten or twelve years ago, fifteen years maybe, and then going revisiting them today. Um, places in Zambia, for instance, Lusaka, uh, it comes to mind. Um, a, a town like Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe comes to mind. Um, Livingston in Zambia. Uh, Malawi, uh, Lelongwe, Malawi. Uh, all these uh, diff- uh, different towns in Zimbabwe, for instance, in, 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 in Namibia especially is, is the other one um if i think back about you know 10 12 years ago when you when i went there and what i and what i can remember of what it was and what it is today then there has been a hell of a development there at it, it is crazy actually when we when i went to vic force 10 years ago there wasn't 12 years ago there wasn't diesel you couldn't find any food in the shops and and uh, there weren't any restaurants so you had to stock up in botswana for instance before you went to zimbabwe to to you know that so that you have everything that, that you need um today it's not there if you go to big falls although people say you hear zimbabwe is struggling like you hear um there are shortages yeah sure there is but it's a lot it's a hell of a lot better than than what it was so and the same in zambia lusaka i couldn't believe when i went to lusaka this year and 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 compare it to what I knew Lusaka soccer as uh, a decade ago, uh, it is a, it is crazy how much development there is happening in Africa. I'm not even talking about East Africa. In, in places in East Africa, Dar es long, um, and 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 places in Kenya, it is just it has changed so much. It, it's really developed. Although although we hear every day that Africa is still not as developed as 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 what it should be, and that's probably true, but that's the point. Um there's places that you expect to be to be bad and they just blow your mind. You think, oh well Rwanda is another place. I mean Kigali and Rwanda is and you will hear many people who go there, they would say how wonderful Kigali is. Um, 15 years ago it was a it wasn't like that.
2: Yes, interesting. Um I have been to, I have been to um um, Lusaka, and I was astounded, this is about 2018, uh, the malls and the development, and I would imagine this is now four years on, five years on, uh, you could see the, the, scra- the cranes on the skyline told the story, so things are obviously mm-hmm. developing, and as you say, um, Rwanda, one sees incredible photographs of what Rwanda is looking like, so um, Africa but, might but, not but, be but, developed, but it is rapidly developing
0: but, but exactly. in that in, in in that lies the opportunity for for people to actually make money in africa to
1: um, yeah, that, be, exactly because
0: it, the, the stuff must be developed though
1: yes so you know i think the where i see opportunities are uh, are where there's where there's problems i mean the more problems the the more opportunities in Angola has got uh, Angola has in the main cities is Luana, which I haven't been to by the way, but I would assume Luana is it's pretty developed But if you look at these these provinces for for where I have been in Lundasul and, and Moxico province um, Being that it was it used to be sort of and it still is sort of opposition country The government didn't spend a lot of money there. Um, well, they didn't spend a lot of money anyway, because they <laughs> They they took a lot of the will and, and stuff and then money. But anyway, um these are the places where where there's opportunities and people are already looking at those places. The the, the railroad from Zambia and the, the Benguela railroad from Zambia and the DRC to Lobito port in Angola is a huge investment by the EU and America and China is trying to get in there. So that is gonna be a, a, a hub of activity, you know, in five years. It, it's gonna be something I d I don't know if, yeah, there's it will be hard to imagine. That it looked like it did today in five years' time. I think you know, so yeah, I
0: did so, so on that on that topic of infrastructure, so if if let's say an agricultural or mining company or anybody wants to invest in, in Africa, how easy is it to get your product to port? And, and 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 um or what would be the closest port, for instance, like if, if you say there's huge developments in agriculture up in, in Angola. Yeah. Would they sell the products in the country, or with, is there a possibility for for export?
1: Well, there is a possibility for export. I do at the moment. At, you know, the, in these places where the infrastructure is still a little bit iffy, but that is changing quickly. I mean, the Lobito Corridor in Angola will um, will and from Zambia to uh, to the DRC and even parts of northern Namibia would be able to use Angola the ports in Angola uh there's two or three ports that they are busy working on libido is one of them that they enlarging so a lot of the copper for instance from zambia will now be transported via the Lubito called Benguela railway to to angola and um, the kazankula bridge over botswana has made a huge difference um there although there's not a railway now they i think yesterday i saw that the that project where they're going to build Uh, rebuild some of the railway lines to um, go on the Trans Kalahari up through into Zambia. Uh, There's a lot of work being done on that. On the Gazankula Bridge, there's already a rail rail line on the bridge, so they just got to connect it up. So then the rail will extend from Zimbabwe into Botswana, into Zambia and up further north. And then, uh, obviously the copper mines at the moment in uh, in Zambia is making use of Dar es Salaam uh, or South Africa with, but then it is struck still to Durban. Uh, but there's huge developments in terms of railroads and ports in the rest of Africa. And in, in fact, I mean, a lot of them, uh, including Valfus Bay in Namibia, Valfus Bay and the Transkalari Railroad in, in corridor is is huge. So South Africa, if they, don't, if they don't wake up soon, like they're gonna lose a lot of business uh, in terms of port uh, exports, because the Mozambique ports are good, um, East Africa's tanzania's Namibia, Angola. So yeah, there's a lot of developments which will change uh, logistics and infrastructure. I think in Southern Africa, at least.
2: Well, it's also okay. interesting that the ports you mentioned in our neighbouring countries, um Mozambique and um, Mozambique and Angola and Namibia, Namibia. Um, as it, most of the 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 well. Mm -hmm. The agricultural products, particularly fresh produce that's being exported from Southern Africa, is being exported to markets in um, the Northern Hemisphere. So those ports are, in fact, closer to the Northern Hemisphere than than Cape Town, um, Port Elizabeth and Durban. And so, as you say, if South Africa doesn't wake up, um, Southern Africa is going to be shipping all of the stuff out of our neighboring ports. And um, we've watched with interest what's happening in Mozambique, with a lot of the South African citrus going out of there, so and Zimbabwean. Um, and Zimbabwean that's correct. So it's um, no. it, it's a very interesting take on that, and um, would I, particularly because of our agricultural um, background or our agricultural um, focus, is there anything in particular that you could add about agricultural developments in in the places that you've seen?
1: Uh, yeah, I've seen, uh, it's interesting, I just, just went over the trip that I've done. So, um, things that I've noted is a lot of blueberries in Namibia, I don't know if you guys are aware of it, on the yes. Kavangu River. There's quite a lot of, uh, there's now a new development to close to the Wundu, Um and that's another place, one of those places that I, that I and when I went there after four years, I thought, wow, this place, it was used to be a village, you know. And now it's got a, its development. There's a blueberry development there. There's other agricultural um, projects in that area between Rundu and the Vundu. Um, in, the blueberry seems to be the main thing. Uh, Western Zambia, I saw a lot of um, nuts. Uh, and there's actually a government project looking at it. Um, Sugarcane in Zambia, I don't know if you guys know about it, uh, in a Mazubuku area.
2: Yeah. No, we don't know about it. <laughs> so, anything yeah, you can okay. tell us, so, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think actually, I don't know if Ilova Sugar is, is still involved there, but they used to have a big sugar cane development uh, just south of Lusaka, between Lusaka and Livingston. Okay. Uh, that's a, an, a big project. Um, I'm just trying to think about the, the nuts. The nuts in Western Zambia was huge. It was a huge, huge uh, land that was being developed for these. Uh,
2: what kind cashew of
1: nuts? nuts. Is it, is cashew. It cashew nuts. Okay. Is it uh, cashew. nuts. Yeah. I'll just make sure on the report uh, that I've done.
2: Okay. Um, nuts. Anyway, nuts.
1: Probably. Out of yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was. It was. Or macadamia or cashew nuts. One. one of those.
0: Okay. Um. I'm. I'm just looking at the map here, at Namibia. That Rundo <clears throat> is right up north on the Angola yeah. border. Yeah. Just before you go into the Caprivi Strip, well, yes, it's far, it's far from the Caprivi Strip, still, but but it, it is as far north as most South Africans has probably been. Yeah.
2: So into so those Namibia. those blueberries would be yeah. being they're probably being um, produced for export from Namibia. Yeah. They
1: so go. So th- yeah.
2: How do they exit Sorry? the country? How do they, they exit to, Namibia?
1: Yeah, they go to Walvis Bay so they they trucked them through to Volfus bay so it's about ooh, yeah it's quite a distance that they've got to go but yeah. they can get them in one day so yeah they they trucked them to wolfers uh there's there's different there's another there's a blueberry project close to Rundu actually and then there's this new one which is a south african company uh namobia berries i think with two spanish investors um, at, in the vundu on the on the Kavango River, it's right on the Kavango River where the where the South African reki unit, uh, what was it called, 32 Battalion, used to have a camp right there on the on the Kavango River. It's right okay. opposite then uh, that old camp, the old Raki camp where they are um, developing this blueberry project.
2: My goodness! Wow. So there is a development in in southern africa and you were saying um so nuts in um zambia anything yeah. else fresh like fresh produce that's being exported that you that you saw
1: there is okay i didn't see this person but i know about it there's citrus in botswana uh, in a that's in okay. a weird place i do yeah that, it, uh, that is right in i think in labor Pique that i know of which is which quite intrigued me because uh, you know it's it's a known mining area. So, but the, I think the mine has got some involvement in starting the citrus project. So, um, it's yeah, it's becoming it's becoming quite big. So Botswana is exporting citrus, uh, oranges, and stuff, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm 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 looking at the, I'm looking at Google Maps here. Um, it's about eight hundred. It's about it 900 kilometers from rundu to Valfus bay so it can be done in a day with a truck depending on what the road conditions are like and how many kudu they get crossing the road at night (laughs) Um, but but celebi peak where um if you look at it's it's almost in line with bite bridge yeah on on, on the map so so it could be bite bridge has got huge citrus um uh, developments um so I, I well the the climate would probably be very similar
1: similar yeah mm. yeah they, just, i actually spoke to a guy who was involved in that project uh, and they've done a lot of research there on the swill and and things like that so um yeah they're very excited about uh, that project mm. and, and uh, i'm sure you know about Pandamatenga in in botswana no no tell us more actually a lot of south african farmers there in Pandamatenga. I came through there now and um they, there's huge developments there they're building big silos there's i think they've they've built 14 or 16 new silos in panda Matinga.
2: where is that um, approximately
1: okay it's uh, it's close to uh, close to kasani and in, in botswana just okay. south of kasani um as you go up to to Livingston in Zambia, just on the southern side of the, Zam- uh, of the Zambezi River. Oh, there you are. They, uh, okay. Fandar, Fandar is actually a, a very interesting project. I mean, you can go and do some research on it. It's very interesting, but they, it looks like they, even they're extending it now um, because they, they're building more silos. So I think there's quite a big development going on in Vandor.
0: Yeah, and this massive big... Um... Wheat farming developments in um, and vegetable farmings in Z- Zambia as well. That that that's under irrigation, under pivots and things, which is, which I would love to see one day. I've, that one place has got sixteen hundred hectares on the on the pivot, which could could be incredible to see.
1: Yeah, there's huge, there's huge, and look, I don't even know what they what they do there, but 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 in the Choma area in Zambia, and there's lots of South African farmers there, and. In Mazabuku, there's huge land being cultivated uh, in those areas. Uh, Malawi is another place that we also went to Malawi. Malawi is tobacco. There's um, tobacco is huge in Malawi. Um, so lots of opportunities there in the, in that sort of those spaces, you know, where, where people don't really know. Zimbabwe still got a, a big tobacco industry, although not as big as it used to be. But, yeah, it, I mean, th- these are... Um, so, yeah, hopefully it picks up more, and and they're actually getting, a lot of these places are getting irrigation and, and infrastructure to, to sort of um, boost yeah. them. And
0: a lot of the South African agricultural companies, like, let's take, for instance, fresh produce, apples, um, citrus, pears, um, grapes, these things, because it needs to be exported to Europe and all over the world, it's it's got to sit on a ship for many weeks. Yeah. Is there opportunity to sell our products up in Africa and and for the growers down in South Africa to make good money from it? Do you think there is? Because I know yeah, I know this. So South Africa is exporting quite a bit of apples up into Africa, but I'm I'm just I'm just thinking. I don't know. I've I've never been. I've never been to the shops in a mall in yeah. Zambia, for instance. I, I, and I also yeah. don't know if you've looked closely at what
1: what is available. There. No, I have because you you I always used to look because I eat. But but uh, but uh, you, you the fruits that I can remember, I think the problem is the cold storage. Wouldn't it be like sort of? I don't know if they have those facilities. And and your our trucks used to stand. I don't know if it's still the case, but it looked like it when I even came through Chrobles Bruchna in going into Botswana. The trucks are standing queues so. If you transport stuff up there, they're gonna stand at the border for four or five days. They get to places, even like ShopRite or whatever. I don't know if the if the electricity is whatever, if there's enough power to for, for cold storage. Um, and that's, I think that's one of the, probably one of the biggest opportunities in Africa is, is to get the cold storage um, sorted out because that, that's exactly when you go to the shops, stuff is been lying there for four days and it's off you know when you want to when you want to do some shopping I, i'm not talking about places like shop right in lusaka but for instance today i mean that that is shopping like you do in south africa but in the remote areas there are still these sort of problems but there's again once again there's these opportunities so yes i think it's a it's, there's too much opportunities for South African farmers to export this stuff to, to, um, remote regions, especially in Zimbabwe or Zambia or wherever.
0: And and then do, do the people on the ground again, coming back to the poor question, do they have the money to buy the produce?
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a very good question, which, <laughs> which I do think, I mean, yes, I do think they would be able to, I, they, yeah, I, I do think there's the economy going, um, they're not going to buy stuff at Woolworths, but you go to any Shoprite or, or 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 Checkers or whatever in some of these. There's a there's a there's a big Shoprite in, for instance, Mongu in Western Zambia. I think it was a Shoprite, and I was surprised by not only um, that it looks similar to what we used to, um, but that the local people are actually buying like a lot. They're buying there. They they go to and and there was a market next to it, a traditional market and people seem to me like going to rather to the shop right to go and buy stuff so so yeah, I think they will they will buy very interesting very interesting this is not this is not I mean you someone who wants to go in there needs to go and research it and yes. make sure that their market is there you know
2: Yes, okay. So I'm on your website and, and I looked under uh, it says sponsorship. Why Africa's mm-hmm. annual 45-day um, African road trip takes place in July and August. Um, we mm-hmm. will visit 30 project sites and this year we plan to visit uh, Limpopo Province of South Africa, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Zambia, Malawi, Tanzania and Kenya. Um, you were saying that you recently back from this trip. Um, tell us more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, listen, that trip changed, but I must change it on the website. We actually went to Angola. Okay. Um, Just Angola? No, no. we I did Namibia okay. and then went uh, western Zambia into Angola. We did the Moxico province and Luna Sul in Angola and then came out through um, Zambia again through the Copper Belt and then through Malawi, did a lot of the southern parts of Malawi and the central parts. Uh, Lusaka and then through Botswana to South Africa. So, yeah, we had a few, we would have gone through Zimbabwe, the the elections happened there, so I was uh, advised not to go through Zimbabwe. Um, I've never scared to go through Zimbabwe, but it was, you know, we would have been held up at certain places. Um, And then Tanzania and Kenya, we're gonna do that, we'll do that, we're gonna do it next year. So we're going to include them in Zimbabwe the, in that trip. Uh, I've got some invites from, from uh, certain guys in Mozambique to maybe do a bit of that and then to go into Tanzania and, and Kenya. So that's next on, the, that's uh, next on, for next year.
2: Okay, sure. so what is your, your expedition um, when you, you go there? Tell us about that, how many vehicles, how many people, what is your modus operandi?
1: Well, okay, so so some of my sponsors, and my main sponsor, um, came with me. They, they obviously give me the they. I use their vehicle, so they they did certain legs of the trip with me um, through Angola because they also knew the area better. We were then two vehicles and through Western Zambia, um, and then some parts I do on my own. I do. I'm totally open to anybody who wants to jump in if they if they have, if they can um play their own way um but yeah it's turning i'm gonna do it now for the third year and and it, it's becoming bigger so i wanna maybe eventually there will be one or two um camera video people going along or, or another journalist and I'm open to my sponsors and my partners to do certain legs of the trip with me as well. So if you wanna, if if you're a sponsor or a partner um, and you wanna hop on, maybe there's something that interests you. Uh, you can do two, three days, four days with me. Uh, yeah, and 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 I try and include uh, all those different sectors in where I go to visit. I also interview. Um, when I'm in when I was in Lelongwe now, for instance I went to Parliament building to go and interview the minister um, so I tried to set up uh, all these interviews it's uh, I love a lot of logistics involved but, Imagine. But, and then I do we do nice stuff in between as well so so if we have a two three days we can we' we'll do and next year we plan to finish the trip at Kilimanjaro and then and then hopefully we'll we'll go and do the, the Kilimanjaro's walk, um, wow, and canoeing on the Zambezi or whatever, you know. So if it's a nice, say for instance, we the four days on the Zambezi canoeing is a nice team building exercise, or or someone who wants to, you know, who I can share with what I've done in Zimbabwe when I just came through there. Um, so yeah, I'm open to people who wants to to join me as long as the project sites and the people that I go and visit are, you know, are aware that I'm being grown by these people um, and they, you know, sort of pay their own way. Yeah, that, that, that is what I do. So if um uh, two or three, if you want to bring your own vehicle, sometimes I have space in the vehicle, then people can hop on and, and join me um, and I pick them up at the airport somewhere and then they, they carry on. Yeah,
2: You do realize you're issuing quite a big invitation here. You never know. You might know. you might have a, you might have a whole entourage if you don't watch out. You might need a bus. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that is. I have I've had these things, and it's turning into a sort of you know. I, I used to work in the tourism industry, so yeah, it's something for that I can maybe think of in the future of 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 taking guys on on tours to these places that that nobody really has been to. But anyway, that that is part of a, a plan in the future. Or, even people, investors who's interested in these projects, to maybe yeah. maybe a few of them wants to hop on and go along. Okay,
0: can, must must so we bring our to... own
1: fishing rods? Bring your fishing rod. I'm not a I'm not a great fisherman, so yeah, you, you bring your own fishing rod. <laughs>
2: Um, Leon, I wanted to ask, I mean, you've been going for about three three years now, and it's, it's quite a short time, so it might be a bit of an unfair question, but maybe you have an answer on this anyway. Of the, mm. the things that you've highlighted and people you've introduced to each other, potential investors and places that require investment, have you are there any success stories where you've put people in contact with each other and things have developed from there? Have, have mm, you got anything you can talk about that?
1: Yeah, look, I uh, I don't want to talk. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it. But in in okay. in ways I have uh, so there are there are there are some case studies or some projects that are that has got or even countries that got exposure, um, which wouldn't have before. So. Yeah, there there are mines, for instance, mining projects, very early stage mining projects who who would get attention um, from you know into markets where 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 they need to and and they got shareholders. So yeah, I mean, there are successes. Uh, not obviously, I want to improve that and mm-hmm. and hopefully you know in the in the future, if people get to know what's I think people are still not too sure about what's happening, but yes, I hope there can be, there will be success stories in the future as well.
2: Well, and, good luck with that. I mean, it's early days and, um, you, you know, as I said, I, it, three years is a short period of time in which to do this. But if you say there are some little sparks and there are, are, things are happening, then you're making a difference. Sorry, dear yeah, I yeah, say.
0: Look, I, I I always say, I, you never know who's going to see your work and you never know who you, who you are going to meet along the line. There might be somebody yeah. listening to this that's sitting with a bank full of money that they want to invest somewhere. Yes, i sure. <laughs> yeah. in, in In your personal opinion, yeah. where do you think people should look at investing in Africa? Is it mining? Is it tourism? Is it agriculture? Is it... Um, from 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 your travels that you've been through the through the continent
1: yeah i'm gonna go with probably the the ones that you mentioned now and um it's weird because that's what a country like malawi has they call it atm there Uh, and it's a weird name but it's agriculture tourism mining um, that they're focusing on which will drive i think will drive all these african economies uh the the green energy um transformation is huge and africa has got the critical minerals that's needed for that so mining is 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 going to be huge um copper and cobalt uh, lithium um rare earth elements for instance which africa has got huge deposits of these uh, of these minerals especially the drc zambia angola Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of corridor uh, is huge and um, I, there's big investment from American companies and and the EU um, especially with the geopolitics you know they they need to diversify diversify their supply chain so they are definitely focusing on Africa there's there's a lot of American contractors for instance in Angola already um, that I've seen uh, and um, yeah so uh, those are the those are the areas I think that people will focus on. Energy is another one. Energy, in in terms of renewable energy, even oil and gas is still there's big projects still being you know being tendered. Um, infrastructure. So yeah, but but those three I think would be the the main ones.
0: Interesting, interesting. And and from from your travels, how big is the influence of China in Africa? Because we again we hear all these things as that. China's building all the railways and all the roads up in Africa and they are leaving there, not, not prisoners, they're sending people from there yeah. that, that, that come and work and they leave them there, so it's becoming a China, a, a second China. Yeah. What, what have you seen
1: along those lines? Um, in in, in the recent travels, I've been surprising not a lot. I mean, not a lot of Chinese activity. But look, I mean, they are... They they have projects everywhere, and mm. but I also do think that they've changed tact a bit. They they in Zambia, for instance, they ran into trouble with government if they don't comply with it. Zambia. Zambia is very you know you need to comply with stuff in Zambia, and the companies know that you know they if you don't comply with the regulations, they will kick you out. And I think there's been a few Chinese companies who's who did run into trouble in in places like these. Um, they've got a big presence in zimbabwe uh i think a lot of projects are even the mining projects are being awarded to chinese um to chinese contractors and namibia they have i've seen them in namibia seen them all over and i do think they they have a big influence but they if they you know if they comply if they do what they're supposed to do um if they don't rip people off and if they're not corrupt they should be i mean uh, the it's a, it's open for anybody to compete you know if they do it properly and according to the law um they building the infrastructure getting to, i mean we there's a lot of roads bridges that's been built by chinese which is helping africa they might give up a bit of their uh, of their minerals in return but in the infrastructures in place yep
0: it's a very important part
1: Okay. I, I, I do think, sorry, I do think there's hotspots in Africa where there are, I think they there's, they're involved in Ethiopia big time, in, um, in Angola sort of, and, and they have been in Zambia, but but not, I mean, they, I do not see as much Chinese activity in Zambia as what I used to.
2: Okay, so Leon, looking down the road um, for Why Africa? What are what 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 do you want to achieve, and what are your plans, and how you how tell us about your thoughts for the future of your of your initiative?
1: Yeah, I, I do think, as I say, I do I, I do want to the success rate of introducing these um, the investors with these projects is important for me. But but um, the road trip, and I wanna I wanna make the road trip quite a big thing because I think it's unique. Um, and get and and get the word out there to people who like you said nana who's always asking questions about africa and is it safe and is it you know how risky is it um so yeah uh, hopefully we hopefully to promote africa and to make people really interested in africa through through content really through doing the doing the videos and and my writing and and getting people interested in africa and then yeah i'll take it from there we'll you, you never know i mean i wanted to say uh, when you ask the question now about the success stories i've had uh, people from totally different sectors i've got a um australian company who's been backed by by the english government who's building hospitals uh, across africa so i'm seeing uh, on the last road trip they wanted me to sort of map where there's a need for hospitals where's where a need for for medical facilities um, what's the health situation like which is totally not what I was um, in the beginning intended to do but but yeah so we're having that sort of conversations where 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 you're going to remote place where people like these are not aware of what's going on um, look there's development agencies in a lot of these places like the UN or whatever but the investors are not always there to see, you know, what is needed on the ground. So
0: And what do you what do you think can, can can be done to get the investors more to get eyes more on the ground for them so that they can see more?
1: Well, this is what I this is my my aim, I think, with the road trip to eventually have the road trip running and (laughs) it's it's difficult sometimes with the technology. And because of limited resources, I don't have a team to go with me for instance, but that's also my advantage on the other way. I mean, um, big media companies can't send a whole team into Africa that's, that will cost a bunch. So, so my aim is to, in some sort of way, live stream the two, the road trip, the interviews, um, and for people to really see what is what is happening on the ground, and not via third-party uh, reports or, or, you know, yeah. news agencies. So yeah, hopefully, they, hopefully, I can get to that stage where where I will be able to go into Angola and then live stream events as it happens on the day. And have people sit in on interviews and people listening to it and and make up their mind about what they see. Wow.
2: Interesting. Cool. We've already done some of that. Yes. We've also we've done live stream from neighboring countries um, on on particular events, yeah. but we'll we'll yeah. chat to you about that later. <laughs> yeah,
1: And yeah. and then obviously, um, yeah, and, and and yeah, the live stream is one thing, and then yeah, different. There are different different ways that. That i think you can make people more more aware of of what what is really happening yeah yes sure.
2: interesting it's inspirational wow. what you're
1: doing it is
2: very very and so needed mm-hmm. um to ta- to change the narrative yes in many ways what 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 the people in the first world think of africa there's a reason for that perception i mean it's it's set mm-hmm. and so often it's self-fulfilling but a lot of the times, because people just stare blankly into that um, narrative, they don't see the other stuff. And what you're doing is so important to putting that out there.
0: What, what do you what do you what do you always say when the colonisers came into Africa? If <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's a joke about the about the British when they were colonising the the world. I said, if at first the locals don't understand you, you just speak louder until they do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, No. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think I think yeah. that was a big issue—the language barrier—and that's why people think oh, it's it is what it is. So, interesting.
1: interesting
0: Yeah. Right. We come. We're coming up onto the on onto an hour, which our podcast is normally an hour long. But if 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 there's more stuff, we can extend it. But we we've got a tradition where the previous guest ask a question for the next guest and these things are not going out into chronological order so it it could be from anybody and because most of the people that we speak to is agricultural related so it might be uh, an agricultural swing to it but you can you can answer it any any which way there's
2: no there's no right or right or wrong answer and you also get the opportunity to ask some other stranger a random question at the end of no this at the end of the session okay
0: Okay, <laughs> Okay, and, and okay, let, let, let's, this is a question that came up in our, in our previous meeting, um, but le, we can word this towards Africa. And we've sort of touched on it. How would you transform the agricultural industry to, with the current things that's going on to export our products more to Africa? What we, we you've, you've you've spoken about the cold storage um, and things like that. Is there anything that you've seen that you that you think it, if if somebody can just do this,
1: it will be better. You know, uh, to to just drive through border posts and not be not be not to pay any, any duties, not for your truck to sta- to stand there for like four days. I mean, I, I just think that the um african free trade agreement should you know it's a it's probably a impossible dream but but for products to just move in and out african countries without without two days three days four days standing at border posts trying to clear paperwork um the african free trade agreement is very important so um not for trucks to stand at Bight bridge and waiting to get in there to go and deliver it they can do it in in a day and a half they can they can you can drive from here to tanzania probably if everything goes well if roads are good if there's no border posts, you can do it in four days with a train even probably quicker so yeah free trade
2: <laughs> yeah you yeah. hit the nail on the head there I think I think that's exactly the point fresh produce needs to be fresh
0: yeah and, and 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 a question that, that, that i that just it just came to me is from all the travel, seeing all these amazing things happening in Africa and the way people are, what do you think South Africa can do different?
1: In terms of agriculture, or
0: but in general, the, the agriculture is a big part of it, obviously. But but in in what can South Africa do better? I know that like the energy crisis, the load shedding, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. But definitely. I mean, yeah, that that is stuff that we talk about every day. But I think. That Africans should maybe look north. You know, they I, I, it, there's a huge market out there, and I think we're missing a beat We 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 want to export stuff through our ports, which is not always working well. I think there's they should really. I, I don't know if it's been done. It has probably be the research. The markets in Africa should be known, and and, and I think there's a opportunity, like we talk, like we said earlier on, for for these african markets to buy the these products and there has to be you know they there's a food shortage in certain parts in africa and we have all these things that we can export so i don't know the governments need to talk about it if people can't afford it or whatever but yes i think south africa for me i mean we we kind of than afrikaans on start on self all that blunt and the problem in south africa and and we always trying to you know, we, we're not looking north of the Limpopo. We're looking at uh, China or India. Yes, it's big markets, but but there's a bigger market up north.
2: I think you're very right, Deleon. I think I think it, a lot of it comes from a mindset that we had that's come from like the 50s and the 60s where, you know, to try and remain part of the first world, uh, South Africa and South African um any kind of commerce in South Africa didn't even try and engage with Africa. We just tried to engage with like the first world countries and stuff and largely just ignored Africa. I mean, you know, people would just talk about, Oh, someone's gone into Africa. It it was this uh, amorphous unknown and, um, those that have, those that have embraced it, like Shoprite, and these people that have actually said, "Look, let's let's take Africa seriously and let's move in there," yes. they've done extremely yes. well. But to the yes. to the the average South African, um, hmm. Africa was always this. No, we're not even going to go there. We're not even going to try. And we, that we really we, we, needs to change.
0: We are yes. in Africa, and we still perceive it as a deep dark continent. Exactly. I get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, people would always, I've had people who I say, well, you know, um, if they want to advertise or whatever, and I say, no, but why Africa? Look at Africa. And then they would say, no, we're in South Africa. We don't look at Africa. So I would say, well, what is South Africa? South Africa is in Africa. You, we're as part of the continent as any, any other country. We're not, we're not a separate little enclave in, in Africa. We are part of the continent.
2: Yes, there there isn't a furrow that separates us from the Atlantic to the Indian to, from the rest of the the, the continent, <laughs> yeah. which I there's, think to a large there's extent oran- there's the, Orange
0: the, River and the Limpopo, like you said. <laughs> yeah.
2: The mindset, the mindset from a long time ago is still there, and it yeah. it, it it is really something we tr- that trips us up. And what you're yeah. doing, I think, is is really chipping away at that. So so carry on with that.
0: Thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well. I think we can Thanks. call it a wrap. Leon, just yeah. hang on the line for a second more. Um, but thank you. We really, really appreciate your time and what you're doing. Okay. Very, thank very you. interesting.
2: Thank you so much for taking time to chat to us. And the best of Thanks. luck with your efforts going forward.
1: Thank you.